Hi, I'm Dylan. I'm Sarah. I'm Derek. And we would like to welcome you to Planet Bob, where we talk about the movies and shows that made their way to our little corner of the galaxy this week. Is the mic working? It is. Okay. Here we are for episode 54 of Talk About Lost Some More. So we're just going to jump right into this? May as well. Alright. No time to waste. We got dinner to eat after. <laughs> And a two-hour episode to watch. <laughs> yeah, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, me too. The season finale of season three is incredible. Oh, yeah. It's one of, one of the best finales of the show. I think it is my favorite overall. I mean, the series finale at the very end is obviously fantastic, but if I had to pick one... If, yeah, I think this... Well, we'll, we'll get to our thoughts on the finale after yeah. the finale. Yeah. After, <laughs> after Sarah gets home and we eat dinner. <laughs> so, episode 19. Yes. The Brig. This, this is like... This is like one of the best episodes of the whole show, and it's in a group of one of the best groups of episodes in the whole show. Absolutely. These last few episodes of season three really push things along, and you finally get some reveals and some answers, which is nice, because up until this point, we've really just had questions. And the answers we get just lead to more questions. Yeah. <laughs> which is typical for, for Lost, like... That's the same thing that will happen throughout the whole rest of the show. We'll get lots of answers to the questions we've had before, but then you'll be like, okay, but how does that relate to this? More, just more questions. Just more yeah. questions. So John Locke finally returned to him yeah. after a, a long hiatus. At least three episodes we haven't seen him. I, I yeah, would right. say so. Yeah, the last time we saw him was when he left Kate in Juliet's episode. That's right. And so now we have Anthony Cooper, his father, has returned, or has been brought to the island. Who thinks that he's dead. Who thinks that he's dead. Hell. And that they are in hell. <laughs> and if he, if anyone belongs in hell, it's fucking Anthony Cooper. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> and actually, I mean, all these guys were kind of assholes before, so... Yeah, I but mean, he's like, he's like a, on a whole other oh, level. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's, he's yeah. an asshole, for yeah. sure. My last note of the thing is, like, he does not know when to shut the fuck up. For, some, for a professional con man... He doesn't know when to shut up. Yeah, yeah. silence definitely would have been golden in his situation there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but the, the hell thing, I mean, they did a good job of pushing the purgatory theory along, right? Which yeah. I believe was pretty popular uh, as these episodes were airing, especially in the earlier seasons, that, oh, I know how this is going to end. They've all died, and this is like their version of purgatory. Yeah, this is where they uh, atone for the sin, for their sins in life. Because they were all kind of shitty people before, and now they're slowly and they're becoming, becoming better. better. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so, for the guys that held on to that theory, they must have loved this episode. Well, the writers kept, like, the writers specifically denied that theory real early on. I think it was season one where they said they are not dead. Of course, but the conspiracy but theory then they, and everything, they go, well, that's what they would say. That's right. Well, and they constantly throw in little things where they're like, maybe they are in the afterlife. <laughs> And Even though we've been explicitly told that they are not. Absolutely. But, I mean, just because like, they like having fun with the audience, I think. <laughs> I would say. But, I mean, for the guys that are able to write Ben's manipulation, I mean, you could put forth the theory that, well, the writers are just trying to They've screw been the audience. Us the yeah, exactly. Clearly, they can, uh, they can do it. So... Uh, who knows? But uh, it goes, you know, along with Naomi at the end of... Uh, her last episode saying that they found the plane and that they were all dead. Which I thought was weird that they just 
they don't tell us in previous episodes what her name is, and then they just throw it out there. <laughs> and suddenly everybody knows her name is Naomi. Naomi, yeah. right, right. <laughs> like, when did that happen? <laughs> so Locke yeah. is hanging out with Ben. Yeah, and he has nest. he has his his own dossier, I assume. The file that the that the others gathered on him. Yeah. Which is interesting. And we know that he's read Kate's, or at least they've told him what Kate's story was. Yep. And now he's got Sawyer's. Yeah. So Locke is learning a lot of things about a lot of people. And he's Sawyer Sawyer is the only person on the show, I think aside from Walt, who ever knows that Locke was paralyzed. Really? Yeah. Nobody else. Jack never knows. None of the major characters ever know. Which is pretty funny because you think like with all their downtime, and they must have some downtime, Sawyer just hanging out, shooting the shit, you know. Hey, do you guys know that Locke was paralyzed? Like that doesn't just come up in <laughs> yeah. casual conversation. It's a pretty like mind blowing event. It yeah. is, yeah. yeah like sure. how does he not just like tell everybody that? <laughs> yeah, I would. I would too. <laughs> oh, I think You're not gonna believe this. I think Rose also knows. Oh. Because she was cured of her cancer and she knows there was something up with Locke. Right, right. I think Still. she's the one person that saw him, that remembers seeing him in his wheelchair. But I could be. I, there's, there's so much, <laughs> there's so much going on. Who knows so what anybody much. knows? Yeah. So Ben's doing better. Now that they've abandoned their barracks and moved into tents, a more holistic lifestyle. Yeah. It must have appeased the island because he's up and walking about and whatnot. Well, Ben said it had something to do with Locke, because he said as soon as Locke walked into his room there, he started feeling tingling in his toes. Hmm. And that may go back to what the writers are saying about Locke being maybe the island's surrogate, right? Right. Yeah, we for, for, the, for those listening, we just finished watching Man Behind the Curtain with the commentary. So... We've, we're all caught up. We've seen all three, but we just finished watching that one. Yeah, commentary is fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, before they go any further, you know, Ben says, you gotta kill your father, which is pretty crazy, because we know Locke isn't really a killer. Yeah, we've le- we learned that in the when he was on the pot farm. He's not... No. Know, He's, he's not a hunter. not a killer. Yeah, he's, he's a farmer. He's a farmer, not a hunter. That's right. And I think Ben obviously knows this because he's got the dossier, he's got the psyche valves, yada yada yada. Yeah, Ben knows everything about Locke. And ben knows he's how not he comes his decisions and all that. That's right. So, and like Richard said, put him up there on display just to watch him embarrass himself. It's pretty shitty. But it really seems like it's a win-win for Ben because if he can make a murderer out of Locke, I don't want to go too far down this path here, but. I feel it, like it has consequences down the road, right? I feel like uh, Ben being so insistent that he kill his father speaks to uh, the episode later, uh, Man Behind the Curtain, where Ben kills his own father. Yeah. I feel like Ben thinks that that is the that is a key to becoming. That's the trial put forth by the island. Yes. Yeah. You have to do that, or maybe does Ben just want to have Locke on his le- like down to his level? It's it's hard to say. Like, it is because. That's never really made clear, and whoever really knows what what motivates Ben to do anything. Very good point. <laughs> I, I did note that uh, he is definitely lying that when he says that the others didn't bring Cooper to the island. Yeah. They definitely did. And his story, I feel, purposely mirrors Juliet's, where he was drugged, yeah. passes out, and then he wakes up in, a, in that room on the island. Mm-hmm. So I just have, you know, as I was watching this, I thought, you know, I was like, 
crowd gathers around to watch John kill his father. I'm trying to think of the motivation of the crowd. Like, yeah, does anyone so, really want to see that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I have here, like, you know, alternate timeline. Locke eviscerates his father and, like, fist bumps everyone, and the people are yeah. all cheering. Like, yeah. is that what was is, expected? Is really? murdering his restrained man really going to endear him to this group? Yeah. <laughs> And, like, they all, he, you know, he doesn't kill his father, obviously, and then they all sort of disperse, like, disappointed. I'm thinking, I thought these guys weren't, like, violent in nature. As you know? standing there with two young children watching him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, that, that scene I thought was kind of different anyway. I mean, I'm sure it's like a train wreck, right? You know someone's going to be... Like the public executions they used to have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People yeah. show up to that, but it... I don't know, it's just weird to see, like... Yeah, I don't think I'd want to watch that. No, I don't think I would either. Like, the beheadings on the internet. Like, I definitely did not log on to see that stuff no. 10 years ago or whenever no. it was. 15 now, maybe. No, I purposely did not watch those no, videos. Exactly. <laughs> I would be looking the other way as he kills yeah. Cooper, or, like, contemplates killing Cooper. Absolutely. So I just thought that was kind of funny, like... Everyone just starts cheering after he takes his head <laughs> off, you know? Just that image in my head. He just head. saws it off with the stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to watch him kill him, but I did want him to kill him. Yeah. I thought, just do it. Come well, when, when, he yeah. ends up getting, when he ends up getting killed, that's pretty great. Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah. It was rewarding. Yeah. The way it actually happens works out really well. We'll get to that after. Yeah. But, like, uh, speaking of kind of funny things, I made a note that Jin and Hurley are really bad at acting nonchalant. <laughs> Yeah, Hurley, Hurley cannot play it cool. And Jin doesn't really know what's happening, but he no, does, he's right. not doing a better job. No, definitely not. But that, that's a good device that the writers use when they need to, you know, disseminate secrets. Things you know you probably shouldn't tell other people is like, okay, well, have Hurley find out, and then, like, he can't And then physically. he reveals it somehow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Pam from Archer, right? Like, she tells everyone everything Yeah, all she the can't time. keep a secret. <laughs> I've made a note, too, that Locke is now the manipulator. Yeah. He's learning. He pulls out the other's tactic real well on Sawyer and manipulates him into, I've got Ben in a closet, and, and when he tells you what he's got to say, you'll want to kill him. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty damn good. So, it's like, the others don't even have a class. Just being associated with them makes you a master manipulator, apparently. Man. <laughs> you take some courses, I'm telling you. I didn't know what to expect there, actually. Because I thought, there's no way Locke could have Ben. How could he have Ben? Yeah, how could he have kidnapped him yeah. away from all the others? Yeah, exactly. So he just knew something was Yeah, there's happen. clearly a trick going and on. I thought he was actually going to trap Sawyer, and, and Ben might have taken him again. I don't know. But I definitely wasn't uh, expecting, wasn't expecting Cooper to be in the No, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was good. During that scene, did you have any idea like that that's where it was going to end up? I think the first time I watched it, I actually didn't put it together that, you know, that Cooper could have been the con man that Sawyer was Yeah, no, I wouldn't I didn't for. think of that either. And and but at the end I was like, Holy shit. You but can of see, course you it's can so see obvious. On, on Sawyer's face when he when he's going through his aliases. Yeah. It, it was like I went by then, that's right. Tom Sawyer. And you see you see like James Ford. Yeah. yeah. To to make it more clear who we're talking about. Just gets this look of recognition on his on his face. You can almost see tears coming to his eyes. Yeah, yeah Josh Holloway is a great actor. Yeah. That scene was like wonderfully done and wonderfully shot. Yeah, 
considering it's in a like a black room on a on a ship in the yeah. middle of the jungle. <laughs> it had like the perfect amount of of everything. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know who set that up, but it was just uh, again like I have no notes here because I was just too glued to Got my seat. Yeah, I found with these three episodes, they don't really have a lot of notes because I was more watching. Yeah, you get absorbed. And yeah, you don't exactly. want to look down and take no, notes because right, yeah. you miss something. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I didn't even want to pause the episodes to like type out some of my longer thoughts. Yeah. Because they're just so good. Yeah. Classic Lost, man. Yeah, these last last few episodes are absolutely fantastic. So, so yeah, yeah. Sawyer strangles the hell out of them, yeah. which was pretty awesome. It like, was. that's basically what I wanted to see happen with Anthony Cooper. Like, a slow and painful death. Because that dude is just such a dick. Yeah. And he just, he doesn't do himself any favors in that scene. Did he want to die? I think, he already thinks he's dead, so I guess he figures nothing bad, yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing worse can happen. Because, I mean, you're tied up, and you know you're pissing this guy off. Yeah. And you and don't stop. You just so, keep poking yeah, the hair. exactly. <laughs> Even after Sawyer's yelling at him, Finish it! Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. Pretty great. So that sort of wraps things up with Sawyer. He gets like a little conclusion there, actually, which is just yeah, nice. And he he'll this event will mark a huge shift in his character. He becomes a much he he doesn't hate himself as much anymore. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I think he he partly hates himself because he became the thing that he hated. Yeah. The man that killed his his family or the person that he blames for the death, death of his family he does the same thing to other families yeah and so I think he feels like he doesn't deserve happiness but from here on that'll change yeah it's sort of like he's tied up that baggage now and he's moving on from it he's definitely more of a team player and you've already seen that bit of change to his character he's a little more compassionate or empathetic still kind of a cheeky asshole but <laughs> more endearing than like yeah. actual dickhead like he was in season one yeah. less making people hate him on purpose yeah exactly yeah. I made a note that uh, when Sawyer when Locke says I don't know what why your dad killed himself or, or your mom he totally knows he 100% knows that's all in the file Yeah. and that's exactly why he's bringing him to, to Cooper yeah that was just sort of a, uh, again a little poke to the bear right I don't know why this happened putting it in Sawyer's mind you know, remember why that happened. Yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. why that happened as you're talking to this dude who's tied up here. Keep this in mind as we journey to the Black Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so by the time Sawyer gets there, he's probably just seething, right? We got our first mention of the, the freighter in this episode. Correct. Officially? Officially. Yeah. So I think I ruined that last time, but... Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Sorry. <laughs> we, we've, we've ruined things for Derek before, and it's... It's like, I feel like we're vague enough that it doesn't yeah. really sink in and like you don't connect the dots until no. you get there. Oh, I mean, how could you connect the dots half the time? Yeah, Because I yeah. think, I'm pretty sure we've straight up told you that Cooper was the original Sawyer. Yeah. But I, I, well, I, I think me and Sarah did like back in the day, but from your reaction, it doesn't seem like you remember. I didn't remember, no. So that's perfect. Like, yeah. <laughs> That was also a long time ago. That we were yeah, that's that right, because we had such a space between when we picked it up with John again and yeah. when we originally recorded it, right? So right, like right. Years. Yeah, yeah, like over a year, I think you guys said it. At least, for eh? sure, yeah. yeah. Wow. Maybe even longer. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at the, the posts to see when the our last, like, 
last episode before you joined us was. So you guys were doing pretty well, and then what? You just sort of dropped off, started doing other casts. Or? Sarah Sarah prefers doing movies than TV shows, so we would just gotcha. we would pick movies instead. Oh, okay, that's fair. Because well, we were doing eight episodes at the time. Yeah, we were doing that big chunk. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. I much prefer like three episodes. Yeah, I feel like yeah we can really get good. into it. Yeah. Eight episodes, we were really trying to cram cram things in. Of course. You, Although, can, you can remember more with yeah. three episodes, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Than trying to cram in eight. And, like, figuring out what, what yeah. to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Eight episodes. Like, what what should we talk about? What should we just ignore? Yeah. Although I can see eight episodes. Well, once you start watching two or three, yeah. tell me, it was hard for me to turn it off. I was yes. just going to say that. It was hard for me yesterday when I watched it. Watch yeah, I want to just keep going. I was like... You know. I, I'm gonna say that your 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 mind is gonna be blown by the finale, especially the ending. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, so good. But we'll get there later. Yeah. I'm not gonna cry, am I? You might. You might. Yeah. Oh, I might. Uh, did you did you get close to crying? Greatest hits. Yeah. Then Come you on, probably. Was, yeah, it was. Then it you was, probably will. Yeah. <laughs> if if greatest hits brings you close to crying. Through the looking glasses is probably gonna make you cry. Yeah. We won't judge you, Derek. Don't <laughs> no. worry. It's okay. <laughs> No, it's when, all okay. No, when I when Charlie was doing his last memory where he meets Claire. Yeah. That brought a tear to my eye. Yeah. So like we're not going to judge you for crying at the finale. No, definitely not. <laughs> or, or any like subsequent episodes because no. they do sort of get considerably more emotional from here on out. I yeah. find. And you're more connected to these characters. Yeah, now. that's true. Yeah. Like, right. Boone died. No big deal. It was yeah. Season one. Yeah. No, I didn't really care for his character at all. No. And he was a d bag anyway. He, he really. Yeah. Was. He was a useless d bag. Yeah. I forgot about Boone. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Um, what else we got for 19 there, Dylan? Uh, Naomi is lying about who she's working for. Yep. I don't know if we want to go into that now or wait. For yeah, I'm not going to get into too many details because that's finale stuff. But uh, it yeah, isn't definitely I, deceit, you know, as, yeah. as with everything else. In Season Lost. 3 finale or finale finale? Season no, no, 3 finale. Oh, okay. Yeah. We will find out soon. <laughs> Couple hours there. Couple hours. Just hang in there. Again, uh, going to Locke's conversations with Sawyer. uh, When when Locke says, "Who do you mean to kill?" Locke already fully knows who he was who he was intending to kill in Australia. But he's just again trying to get him into that headspace. Remember, remember who you want revenge on. Yeah. Yeah. That's manipulation, right? Yeah. Like you said, just living with the others for a couple days, for a week or so, you know, is enough to... Yeah, I don't even know how long expert. it's been. It's, it's been at most a few days. Yeah, I thought it said like eight days, or maybe it's it? eight hours in a different episode. I don't know. I saw the number eight somewhere. <laughs> it was <laughs> one of the numbers. Eight days? Yes, I wrote One of the numbers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I made a note that... Uh, as Richard mentions later, uh, Ben isn't so much trying to test Locke as he's trying to discredit him in front of the others. Which is why I'm wondering if, like, Ben doesn't feel threatened by Locke. Ben feels super threatened by Locke. Right. Especially when we get to the cabin fever and, or, uh, man behind the curtain. Yeah. Let's see what else I got here for, uh, the brig. Sawyer wasn't expecting to see Cooper under the hood. <laughs> no, definitely not. He was just very, very confused when he when he took the hood off. Who the fuck is this guy? As was I at first. Yeah. Like, why would he lock him in there with his dad? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he didn't make the connection. No, the exactly. Yeah. 
No, that, first time through you don't. A lot of people, like a lot of people on the Lost Boards, had already been speculating that Cooper was was the original Sawyer because yeah. I mean the only other con man we've ever seen on the show. It, it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I just wasn't that smart yeah. back when I watched it. Well, and you you don't with a lot of shows you wouldn't think to make that connection. No, because you know they could just be introducing some other character later, yeah. or we might never Sawyer might never get his revenge. Yeah, it might just be character character shit. It's like almost too convenient. Yeah, you know, but but I lost. It's it's convenient. Every- it's it's uh, don't co- don't mistake coincidence for fate. Exactly, it's yeah. convenient by design because yeah. everyone in the show is connected somehow, and that's I mean the whole point of all the flashbacks. When we see them interact, like meeting with each other in their in their flashbacks, they don't realize it, but they have. Um, in greatest hits, like um, Charlie saves Nadia from being mugged. Yeah. Which connects him to Saeed. Saeed, yeah. exactly. And and also Locke because Locke uh, did a home inspection for Nadia when she lived in California. I don't remember that one. That was season two, probably season one maybe. Yeah, I do remember him being a home inspector vaguely, but yeah, uh, it's been a while since I watched the first couple seasons. So I think it's the one where Helen leaves him. Oh, okay, okay. Oh yeah, because he kept uh, parking outside of his Anthony Cooper's house, right? Yeah, yeah. He'd like sneak off in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's all coming back to me. I could be wrong. Like all these, all the flashbacks kind of blur together. For me. Hey, it's it's all good. Like it, it was kind of weird just to jump in at season three, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember. Forget what, what happened. happened yeah, I haven't seen season one and two in, in probably many years now, but uh, well, that's all right. And we see that Richard is not very does not seem very happy with Ben's leadership. No, he doesn't. Eh? He keeps talking about how I noticed that too. He's. He says that Ben's distracted by inconsequential stuff and the others are forgetting what they're on the island for. Yeah. Which sort of begs the question, what are the others on the island for? Which we won't know until yeah. season six. <laughs> <laughs> but it does put forth the question at this point. Get people thinking. It does beg the question, for sure. Do you find out why they're there or do you have to kind of put this together in season six? They... They pretty much tell us straight up what their what their purpose is. Yeah, I can't remember what character it is, but they tell us what, yeah. why people come to the island, why people are certain people are drawn to the island. Richard mentions that Ben's obsessed with inconsequential things like, like the pregnancy issue with the women dying, and I found that in you know the next episode that Ben's mom dies giving birth to him, like oh. that. Do you think that might have had, like, an influence on Ben's decision to chase after that problem so tenaciously? Well, and it kind of goes back to what I what I talked about before with Ethan, how he was so gung ho about kidnapping Claire because because like it's sp- it speculation, speculation, but yeah, that uh, his wife died as a result of the birthing issues, so that's why he was so obsessed. So it, it also makes sense that Ben would be obsessed with birthing issues because his father has blamed him his whole life for the death of his mother. So it's like parent parental issues coming back again. Yeah. And when we were watching the the commentary for Man Behind the Curtain, the writers apparently were unaware that there was a theme of like parental issues on the show. <laughs> oh really? And yeah. Like, apparently not not one character has a good good relationship with their parent, maybe Hurley, but even him, his mother doesn't kind of, is kind of dismissive of him. Yeah. His dad left. Yeah. Yeah. So he, 
They've all got they've got all got issues with their parents. Absolutely. The ones that we see interact with their parents anyway. Yeah. Claire yeah. has issues with her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Jim kills his dad's yeah. dead. Kate Jack. kills her stepdad. Yeah. Yeesh. But I'm like, it's surprising that they got to the end of season three before they realized that oh, there's a there's a kind of a running theme here. <laughs> People thought that the writers had issues with their own parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe. And who's to say that they didn't? <laughs> I like that uh, Ben pulled out uh, Locke's line, don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah. I love that. I have the exact same note. Which, it's like, fantastic. how does he even know that? How do the others know that that's a line that Locke uses a lot? That's, like, informi- that's weird, weirdly really specific, specific information. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could have just been coincidence, but... It seems unlikely. It does. <laughs> ben doing anything by coincidence seems unlikely. True, <laughs> very true. Uh, my last note on the episode is, uh, fuck Cooper, go James Ford. <laughs> 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 that is just one of the best revenge scenes in anything. Yeah. Really? Like, I like John Wick, but I feel like he ends that last guy too quick. Cooper is in pain before he dies oh big yeah. time being strangled to death with a chain is not a pleasant way to go I'm sure definitely yeah. not <laughs> yeah they did a fantastic job with that scene I like that uh, Locke thanked Sawyer for it after yeah that was a nice touch it really was actually yeah. well cause Locke needs it <laughs> exactly yeah it's, it's more important to Locke well it's it was very important to, to Sawyer but getting furthering his journey with the others was very important to Locke Sort of a win-win for both of them, really. Yeah. yeah. And at, like we said, there's no way Locke could have done it himself. No. No. It's not who he is. Although that might change coming up. Never know. <laughs> <laughs> things happen on this show. Things yeah, happen. Yeah, things, things do happen. <laughs> Even, so, for as much as people say things never happen on this show, a lot of no, shit happens. No, stuff happens every friggin' 40 minutes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> at least one major thing happens every 40 minutes. So, skip over to episode 20. Do you have anything else to add there, Derek? Uh, no, I'm good. That from, was my last note. From a first-time perspective, it's pretty okay. fantastic all around. Yeah. Going on to The Man Behind the Curtain. Which is, yeah, probably one of my favorite episodes so far. Yeah, me too. In the whole series? In season three, at in least. Three, that, yeah. I, that I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely in my top five overall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because Ben is just such an interesting character, yeah. and getting that backstory and like the several reveals that come along with this episode is, I don't know, it's just fantastic. There's no other word for it. So like it opens up with Ben being born. We think on the island. Yeah. We think on the island. And then his out. dad runs out of the runs out of the forest, and he's on, along next to the highway. Yeah. <laughs> Not in Portland. I did. My first note is that. Uh, Ben's mom is played by his real-life wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. She was on uh, Supernatural. Or not Supernatural, um, True Blood. I know, never saw it. Sorry, mate. That's fine. (laughs) 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 But I do have a note here, like, birth and death are, like, massive themes in the Lost story. Like, there are tons of... The cycle of life. Yeah, exactly. So here's another, you know, birthing scene. And, uh, yeah, little Ben Linus. So little, that's, little Ben lying to us. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty shocking, actually. 
that it ends up being Ben. Like, I, I remember watching that for the first time, and yeah, you think it's on the island, and then it's not on the island, and then when the mother says, name him Benjamin, you go, oh, dang. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this whole episode is really good. We see uh, the, our first introduction to Dharma members. Yes. Uh, aside from Kelvin, who was kind of nutty. <laughs> oh, this is the initiative, like, in full force. Yeah. Which, at this point, looks... Wow. They look. They come across like a bunch of hippies. Yeah. They talk like a bunch of hippies. At least Horace does, anyway. Yeah. yeah. More so when they get to the island. Yeah. Welcome to the island, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> So that's pretty great. Love all the old Volkswagens. Yeah. yeah little cool. buses look sweet. <laughs> uh, everyone's in their little jumpers. Looks... I know, we've only seen the remnants of Dharma. Like, yeah, this is the this first time we've seen Dharma in action. Yeah. And it looked, you know, highly organized. Highly something, anyway. We don't see much of it because we're seeing everything from Ben's perspective. And he's, he's clearly not in on anything. His father's a workman. Oh, speaking of... Roger Workman! We finally get, the, we finally get to meet Roger Workman. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Roger was Ben's father all along. A.K.A. Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> he will always be Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite to me. Fair enough, brother, fair enough. <laughs> so, they get to the island, and they're going through, like, the orientation or whatever, and, you know, first of all, Roger's just being a huge douche, bitching about, you know being assigned a janitorial role. I mean, first of all... What else did he think he was capable yeah, of doing? You know, he's, he, <laughs> we were told, you know, there is science going on here. Like, yeah. Roger, Are you, you a look scientist, like a scientist. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you drink a flat of beer every day. <laughs> How much science can you do when you're that hungover all you the time? You blame your son for the death of your wife, yeah. knowing full well that that's not how things work. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think higher education is really uh, in his background, but that's no. that's okay. I mean, he's just he's a miserable bastard. He is. A he is. Uh, that's what I wrote. Yeah. Did anyone else pay attention to the orientation video as it was playing? I I had already watched it many times in of, the past. Of course. Sorry. When I say anyone, I mean uh, basically just Derek. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Well, they did tell us what the, that the fence is not to keep the others out. It's to protect against the unusual wildlife. Unusual wildlife. Which, as we find out, which we already know, the audience knows, it's to keep out the smoke monster. Yeah. So we know, this is them telling us straight up that it is. it has never been about keeping anyone, any person out. It's always been about keeping the monster out. Which is important when we later see Ben's mother at his window. That means, since it, we know the smoke monster can't get in past the fence, that means it has to be a ghost that he's seeing. And not the smoke monster manipulating him like when uh, he, when it appeared as Yemi to Echo. Okay. And it's also important to note that she... Uh, Richard, Richard, when he meets Ben in the, the jungle for the first time... Richard asks him a very specific question. Did she die on the island or off the island? Which means if... So basically he's telling us that if a person dies off the island, the smoke monster can't appear as them. Oh, okay. Only people that... That it has access to the body of. Oh. That's why Yemi's body was disappeared, because the smoke monster took it to appear as him. 
And that's why Christian Shepherd, I think, wasn't in the coffin. Uh, I, I go back and forth on whether okay. the whether the early appearances of Christian are, are a ghost or the smoke monster. Fair enough. Well, uh, again, it's been a while since season one. I just remember his body wasn't in the coffin, I yeah. think, when Jack found it. Uh, he could have been taken be, by polar bear. Like there could have been a number of reasons for it, uh, absolutely. It's all, it is possible that he appeared as his father. Um, he may in the future appear as Jack's father. The smoke monster may appear as Jack's oh, father. He a smoke monster has many faces, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so in the orientation video, I had said that properties exist on the island that don't exist anywhere else. And that uh, Dharma is there to study those properties. For Referring the to the like swan energy. Oh, okay. Yes, exactly. So or there's like, more than one pocket of that. Or the rapid healing or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he said that they're supposed to study the properties for the benefit of mankind and world peace, which I thought was kind of interesting. And it kind of goes back to whatever those YouTube videos were that you were showing us yeah. about the origin of the numbers, how... The Valenzetti equation and all that. Yeah, how it predicted, like, the end of the world, like, by mutually assured destruction, I suppose, or whatever. So... A, by, a variety of factors. Yes. So by studying these properties... I thought world peace, like, specifically was kind of, like, an odd choice of words, but if you were to watch those YouTube videos, you would have understood that, which, yeah. of course, I didn't back in the day, but... A lot know. of people, like, that's, that's again, it's stuff that you don't have to know, but it's, like, good for fleshing out theories, but sure. you don't need to know it to follow the plot. Oh, God, no, you just accept, okay, world peace. Yeah. Mean, these guys are scientists, yeah. sure, they're not gonna... They call themselves for... Dharma, they say Namaste. Yeah. Like, super hippies they're probably not using these properties to make bigger bombs yeah <laughs> I don't know although although there is like they aren't opposed to using weapons as we see oh no they're loaded right up yeah you know as soon as you know the hostiles come in try to steal some food or something it's arm up boys and we see Ben kill his dad with a Dharma brand gas grenade so we know they're not opposed to using and making weapons absolutely so world peace is probably like kind of overselling what their what their aims well, are. Well, <laughs> you want to make an omelet. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of broken eggs in Dharma's past. Yeah. <laughs> All of Dharma, in fact. So John Locke starts beating the shit out of Mikhail to, you know, Ben's displeasure. And it, no one like stands up to help out nobody whatsoever. does a damn thing not yeah, no anything. one jumped in to stop him or nothing is. I feel like no one really likes Mikhail yeah but I wonder if it doesn't have something to do with Jacob because Locke told the whole camp that he and Ben were gonna go see Jacob I'm wondering if everyone else is sort of like if no one else has truly met him or seen him maybe outside of Richard or someone well and when we go back to when Locke couldn't kill Cooper in front of everybody he's like well I guess we're not he wasn't who we were looking for so like the others think that John Locke is someone important already uh, absolutely and now they're gonna go see this de facto leader I'm just wondering if the rest of the camp is a like just as pissed off with Ben as John is with the lack of answers or like the cloak and dagger well and I'm sure that Juliet's not alone in her well Richard also expresses, like we mentioned, he, yeah. he's he's not happy with Ben's leadership. Juliet is clearly not happy with Ben's leadership. Definitely not. I'm sure there are others in there that aren't fully on Team Ben. 
Even his daughter. I was just going to say his daughter, yeah. Undermines him at every turn, absolutely. Because, like, Carl's like, he's your father. He's like, and Alex is like, is he, though? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so she knows what's going on. And me and Sarah talked about that. Like, there's there's spoilery stuff, so I'm not going to get into it too much, but, like... She she's alive and raised by Ben, by Ben's choice. Yeah, it's absolutely. his free will that that's that she's alive and like being raised. And that's that. That's that. <laughs> that, that is that. <laughs> yeah, I can't say too much yeah. more because it's like that's season six stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of you know disgruntledness, you mentioned Juliet, and I, I have this note here for the next episode, but it, it's a good segue, I guess, to get into it now. Is that. Juliet, like Ben, like she is sort of turned on her former group and is now planning this like giant ambush yeah. against them, right? In the in the next episode. So she, like Ben, is almost she's throwing her hat in with the other team to purge her own group. Which I thought, well, I mean it's an interesting dynamic or a parallel, I suppose. Yeah, mirroring. Yeah. Um but I'm wondering for Juliet's motivation, like, is it just because she hates Ben and those guys so much that she doesn't mind wiping them all out? Or does she think that, like, the war between the two sides is inevitable, just like Dharma and the hostiles? Like, there are always butting heads. One I, side has to get rid of the other. I feel like she's partially motiv- motivated by selfish reasons. Like, on the one hand, she she doesn't like Ben and she, she wants to get off the island. But Absolutely. on the other hand, she's not... She's not a genocidal maniac. Like, she she does want to get away from the island, but she also wants to protect people at the same time. Uh, and, like, not all of the others are obviously going to be involved in the B-Trade. Of course not. So she's just... She's just going to take out a small number of them to help protect this other group. Yeah, the upper echelon. The rest will sort of fall in line. Yeah. Juliet has been known to make some tough choices, though, in the past. Like, she can be pretty cold and calculated. Oh, yes. Because she needs to be... So, well, like her whole thing with Kate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I like to think, I mean, everyone's motivated by selfish reasons. When you break it all down, no one does anything, really. For purely selfless For reasons? Purely, yeah. Like, really. Yeah. Um, but I keep going back, like, I think of, whenever I think of stuff like this, I think of the, if you ever saw Fringe, had the two snow globes, and they'd, like, smash the two snow globes off one another, and only one of them, like, remained. So you have two sides, you know, that are inevitably going to collide, and one side needs to destroy the other. Like that's just yeah. In Fringe, it was more worlds literally colliding. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. This is it's a metaphor in this case. Yeah, <laughs> but that's more metaphorical image. as literal. That is the image that comes to my head though every time I think of like you know two forces drawn together, and you know one's just going to end up being decimated. Well, man, go back to the metaphor loss introduced with backgammon in season oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> Dark and light. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, Locke and Walt, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's an old memory. Not too bad, not too bad. So who's light and who's dark? Well, I don't I don't think that it's like... I don't think it's light and dark represent seat. good and evil necessarily. Fair enough. It's same sides of the... Or yeah. flip sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin, yeah. That's the one. They're just... Just a way to, to describe two opposing... Forces. Yeah. yeah, sure. 
And entities can refer to groups or individuals. Sure. And in this case, it's both. <laughs> and someone has to lose and someone has to win. Yeah. So then we get to the cabin. Hmm. Or oh, do you have anything to say before the cabin? Because um, the cabin scene is incredible. Let's see here. I, I, haven't, I haven't even really been referring to my notes. This I'm just going off what you guys are saying. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. I'm trying to sort of do it in order. I mean, it covers. we're covering my notes, but yeah. it's, it's not me... Just referring just, to my notes. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I made uh, a note that Ben is very careful to not disturb the the line of ash. Yeah. That ash will be very important. Later on. In season. In season <laughs> six. six. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a season six reveal. Yeah. I mean, you'll probably be able to piece together what it. I won't be able to piece nothing together. Well, well I don't know. you I say we, that, but if you not want, it doesn't like, really come. It doesn't really come up again until much later. I suppose not. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. And it's just sort of a line there. In in season four, we'll we'll be back to the cabin. We will see the lion of ash again, and we'll be back to the cabin. Fair enough. We'll discuss it more then, I guess. Yeah, yeah we'll hold off until then. Yeah, it's going to make more sense then anyway. Well, yes and no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the cabin itself will make less sense. Oh. Fair enough. But we'll be, able to, dis- we'll be <laughs> able to discuss it more, though. Yeah. <laughs> more in-depthly, anyway. Uh, yeah, as, as we already talked about, Richard looks... Uh, it may have been before we started recording, actually, that Richard looks exactly the same in the 70s as he did does in the present. Just his hair is closer cropped yeah. in the present. I put yeah. he's aging well. Yeah. He actually looks younger in the present because his hair is cut. Yeah, that's clean. right. Yeah, he's more clean cut. He looks... He's bathing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a bum in the 70s. He's a hippie, just like everyone else, yeah. I guess, eh? Richard evolves with the times. Well, they didn't have... He was, he's another. They didn't have access to the, the showers of the barracks yet. Yeah, well, fair enough, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you want to talk about the ghost? Do you want to talk Ben's mom? Do you want to talk about... Yeah, I think I kind of already talked about yeah. the ghost, how ben it, it has to be words. a ghost and not... Yeah, yeah and we see, we see like, what we, we alluded to earlier, how the, the fence is set by a dial, so you can turn it up or down. Yeah, intensity, green and red, lethal and non. Which relates to what Mikhail says to Ben in that same episode. Like, fortunately, the fence was not set to a lethal level. That was that was a line that got used a lot. That was memed in on the Lost Boys. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> just like when, just like Saeed's line, not every nook and cranny, John. When he when he fails to find the C4 at the at the the other cabin. Yeah, the radio at cabin. the flame station. That's the one. Does Ben's mom come back at all? This will be the only time we see her, as I recall. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. But it is. It's important to note. I think that. It's his mother that he's seeing, not just some random ghost. Yeah. Well, I just wondered because when he went to follow her, she told him it wasn't time yet. I think she's just referring to meeting the others, running out of the jungle, uh, okay. and meeting the others. Because uh, I feel like ghosts have special knowledge. Like they, I feel like ghosts aren't bound by time and space. They can, they they have the ability to know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, they're omniscient. Okay. Yeah, essentially, yeah, for for all intents and purposes, yeah. They're just good plot devices. They move the plot along, like yeah. in a very specific manner. They know what's they know what's supposed to happen. And, and she was just telling him it wasn't time to go to the jungle yet. Yeah, yeah. She's like to meet the others. Kind of like Desmond, how he's 
Oh, saving Charlie's life until he's supposed to die. Yeah. Uh, she's, he's not supposed to meet the others yet. He's not supposed to wander into the jungle yet. And did he have the code for the fence? Yes. Yeah. At that point? I'm not sure where he got it, but he had it written on a piece of paper. I know, but was that not, like, later on, though? Yes, yes. So this he, was before he didn't have the code yet. Yeah, and he, he was, was just going to run through run the, yeah, the fence. Through, yeah, yeah, you know, likely would have killed him. Yeah, and so, he brought the bunny with him to test it once he turned the it off. The second time, yeah. yeah. So just like you were saying about Desmond, maybe she was just put there because it's the only person that he would listen to. Because otherwise he would run through the fence and, and died. probably died. Yeah. yeah, and that would have screwed up all sorts of stuff <laughs> for the future. Yeah. Well, the, the the future as it as it plays out could not happen without Ben. I mean, the present even, yeah. the, the events that we've witnessed on island couldn't happen if Ben died as a child. Correct. So again, that goes back to what we mentioned before about how things have to play out a certain way. The universe wants things to happen a certain way. And they can't play out any other way. Yeah, so it's impossible for an alternate series of events to occur. Even if yeah. you want to change it, something will happen to recorrect it. I think that's, that's really, I know we go through this every time we do a recording basically yeah. but it's like the best way to do time travel I think it's so it's so simple so easy it's it's way easier than a flexible timeline because like you, you end up running into like errors in the timeline that way like yeah. paradoxes all over the place yeah this is the best way I feel to avoid paradoxes which is why I like Bill and Ted so much it uses a similar style of time travel I thought you were going to go back to Terminator, but... Also, no. same rules. Bill, <laughs> Bill and Ted, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Bill and Ted, Terminator have the same rules. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. <clears throat> uh, we see the purge in this episode. Yeah, we do. Or do. At, least the, at least part of it. Do we want to talk about the cabin before the purge? Oh, yeah, I guess we should do that. Uh, it's pretty, pretty important. <laughs> We're just skipping over. We're it. just gonna skip over the cabin. One of my favorite scenes Jacob. of the whole show. Let's yeah, just skip exactly, it. exactly. And we did watch the commentary before this so you know, we and got, we did talk briefly about it during that so, yeah we yeah. did so I, we're gonna have to be very careful to like shut up when we're watching the finale <laughs> absolutely actually that's probably best total silence yeah we'll just sit there and watch it and if you hear me weeping softly don't don't worry about it <laughs> I might have to I might have to like explain what we've witnessed up to this point for Sarah because she hasn't been watching the episodes with me for for most of it. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I get up to speed real quick. Yeah, but for the most part, we'll just try to not talk about the episode as we're watching it. That's good. That's very good. So, Ben and Locke get to the cabin to meet Jacob, and it's this old run-down rickety cabin. Like, it has not been kept up at all. I've seen, like, hunting cabins up here in the north in better shape than this thing. Yeah, yeah. And there's no one in the cabin. We think. It's an empty cabin, as far as we can see. Yeah, yeah as far as we could tell when we first get there. Jars of weird stuff placed up on the ceiling. Jars of weird liquid, a painting of a dog. <laughs> very, very weird. Very odd items to, like, focus in on. Yeah. And yet, there they are. Um, ben, ben, ben talks to an em- what appears to be an empty chair. Yeah, empty chair. And Locke has thinks that he's just lost his mind. Or Locke doesn't believe his bullshit act. No, he thinks, like, what a ridiculous act. Like, yeah. how... You're talking to an inv- uh, a chair? Like, yeah, as if Locke is going to fall for that. Come on, Ben. <laughs> but again, it's, like, so ridiculous yeah. that, of course, it has to be true, right? Yeah. And then Locke goes to leave, and he hears, help me. 
clearly not in Ben's voice. This is definitely not ben, spoken by Ben. Ben has a very specific voice. It's very, very distinct. <laughs> very distinct. This was not that. No. So confused, obviously, Locke turns around and they have a bit of a, you know, back and forth, a bit of an exchange. And then sort of all hell breaks loose, stuff starts... Locke turns on his flashlight, which Ben told him to turn off yeah. before That's they went in. right. Technology. And Jacob throws a hissy fit because... <laughs> the cabin I, starts shaking like crazy. How dare you bring chemical energy, like, into, <laughs> into my cabin. Ben grabs the sides of the chairs and gets flung against the wall. <laughs> and then... And then the camera pans back to the chair... And we get, like, maybe 12 frames of a dude sitting in a chair. Just the briefest glimpse that someone actually, a body is filling that chair. And I thought, man, what a, I remember watching that when it first came out. And I thought, that's just absolutely fantastic. Because it really, I don't know, just when you think you've got the show kind of figured out, all right, you get the two groups and the Dharma stations and things. Now we have invisible in people. Yeah. Now you've got invisible people, <laughs> shit shaken, shit <laughs> thrown around. And my immediate thought is always like, okay, how did Ben stage this? You know? Yeah. Well, it's like in season two, we had very scientific basis because we were, we were dealing with the hatch and it's scientific station. And then season three comes along and we take a hard right turn into fantasy. Right into um, the rhubarb. That's going to be the same thing that happens in the next three seasons. Uh, season four is going to be like season one. It's going to be very straightforward. Yeah. Season five takes a very hard turn towards sci-fi. And then season six will again take another hard turn into fantasy. <laughs> so it really does sort of go to the outer edges here in terms of genre. Which I think is like they're, they're purposely setting us up. Like fantasy... Aspects are valid in this show. Absolutely. I, I think I've said this on the show before, but like one of my favorite lines, I can't remember who the hell said it, is that like Lost is a sci-fi show that takes three seasons to reveal that it's sort of a sci-fi show. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's great. Like I said, you, you hook the audience with all the soap aspects, and now that you're invested three seasons into all these characters, they throw this crazy stuff at you. And even if you're not like big into fantasy, big into sci-fi... You're still stuck watching it because yeah. yeah. you need to see what happens to these guys. Yeah, you need to know what happens yeah, to the characters. You're in the characters at that point, right? Absolutely. So it's like the, one of the greatest bait and switches, I think, in like television history, in my opinion. Yeah, and you have Locke not, still not believing. No. He still thinks that was a show. He saw a dude in chair. Yeah, even though he's supposed to be the man of faith, yeah. he does not believe. Because it's, again, it doesn't conform to his worldview that people can be invisible. Which I think, I think seeing Jacob is kind of like a Jedi mind trick. You can't see him if he doesn't want to see you. Ah. If he doesn't want you to see him, you can't yeah. see him. I'm not, the, I'm not the Jacob you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, what if Ben had brought Jack to the cabin? The, the, that would have been hilarious. I, I, Jack would believe it even less. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, he probably, as soon as Ben started talking to that empty chair, he just about face and walked yeah. out yeah. Walk the door. He's like, you're fucking nuts. Yeah, never mind. I'm a, what, a waste, what a waste of an hour. I feel like the, that scene would never even happen. Like, Jack would never follow into the cabin. No. No, he, probably He would never not. believe that I, I Jacob even exists. I don't know under what circumstances it would happen, but just with John Locke being sort of the man of faith accepting things that he doesn't necessarily see and this is like too much of a stretch for him yeah so jack on the polar opposite end of things like needing hard evidence for what he's being told like he 
Yeah, about face, right out the cabin, back to the beach, have a cigar. Which goes back to what we were talking about before, about how the others, the Mikhail's line about how the Lossies are not capable of understanding. Yeah. Because they can't accept things. Like, accepting that Jacob is, is real and is the leader of the others is a step too far for Locke to accept, but the others just go with it. Jacob is the leader. Ben's his spokesperson. And Richard is up there too somewhere. But we well, don't really know what Richard's purpose is yet. Well, we listen. They, they kind of explained it in the, the commentary where Richard, they allude to Richard being like the pension llama for... Yes, in so, charge of finding the new the surrogate new for Dalai the Lama. Yeah. The reincarnation of the Dalai Lama. So Richard's job is basically to get to find out who the next leader of the others is going to be. Uh, That's sort of the best best way to describe it for now. Yeah. yeah. For now. Yeah, without giving too much of Richard's character away. And at this point, he believes that Locke is, the, is supposed to be the next leader. Although he's not exactly happy with... Well, he's not happy with Ben's current leadership. No. So he's thinking, do the old switcheroo there with Locke. But he must realize that, you know, there's no way Ben's going to take that line down. Well, he knows Ben. He right. knows Ben very well. He knows that Ben doesn't handle threats to his power very well. It's funny, Ben, he, he tries to hold on to his power by discrediting Locke and, and whatnot, yet he must know at some point that Richard's sort of undermining him as well by helping Locke. Yeah. He has no problem shooting Locke, just wondering why he keeps Richard around, that's all. He may not have a choice. He may not. Again, Ben isn't actually in charge. He is not. He's just a spokesperson for Jacob. He just passes along messages for Jacob. He's not actually in charge of shit. Although he likes to think that he is. And let people think that he is. He likes to wield his very moderate amount of power. <laughs> as though it's very real amount of power. Man behind the curtain. <laughs> Great episode. Yeah, like I said, this is... I think Ben killing his father is why he feels like Locke needs to kill his father. Because they're they're kind of vying they're kind of vying for the same role as the leader. Yeah, John is being groomed by Richard to like take over for Ben or to replace Ben, and there will be more of that later, season four. Yeah, about replacing Ben. Yeah, it's kind of a central central plot. To season four is the, the internal power struggle, the dichotomy between like Ben and and Locke being leader of the others. Mm. And then we get that awesome scene at the end between Locke and his father and, you know, the fate of the Dharma Initiative. Now we know where they all went. Yeah, between Ben and his father? Sorry, is that what I said? You said Locke. I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Shouldn't have drank all those beers before I came here. <laughs> Just Before you drove for Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't actually do that for people listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, a little discussion about that scene. Like, it, now we have older Ben... You know, he's also a workman following in his father's footsteps, even though he did receive a pretty quality education, ostensibly. And I mean, he's pretty clever and sharp, so I imagine he took to book learning pretty well. Yeah. So he goes out on a little beer run there with his old man and... Uh, and that's the end of that. <laughs> murders him. <laughs> Straight up kills his dad after they have a little chat about whether Roger actually blames Ben for his mother's death or not. And, and you can seems... see Ben... Like, doesn't 
he he kind of feels bad for killing his dad, but he still knows that this has to be done. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think at the, like his dad is probably the first person Ben has actively killed at this point. Probably. He's pro- yeah, he's probably Ben's first kill. I don't I don't I don't remember if we ever see any scenes that take place before, before this where Ben kills somebody. Yeah, I'm trying to think, but it's not come back to me. But either way, let's let's assume, you know, for the sake of this episode that it is pretty profound, pretty The first the first life you take is your own your father. Own father's. You know, in a gnarly way too, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you notice that Ben doesn't look at him yeah, as he's dying, just staring straight ahead. Yeah. I mean, listening to the commentary of Michael Emerson's, like, it was a really tough scene to film because, like, he was really selling the death throes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did a good job. Of yeah. That. And Roger as a character, I mean, with older Ben you know, talking to him and whatnot. Like, he seemed less miserable in that yeah. final scene, you know? Like he's kind of gotten over... Yeah, he's older, he's getting over it. He's had 30 years, roughly, or yeah. 20, 30 years to, to deal with it, so... If he hasn't gotten over it by then... And yet Ben still decides ben to Ben still murder. pulls that trigger. He does. And, by extension, sort of pulls the trigger on the rest of the initiative, too. Yeah. Although, uh, I feel like we need to point out that the gas canister that Ben opened on the Mesa is not what killed the, the Dharma Initiative. No. The gas doesn't go that far. No, yeah. definitely not. But it's two, you know, similarly timed attacks, that's yeah. all. It was coordinated. That's right. There was a reason that he didn't kill his dad until 4 o'clock. <laughs> and he does seem a little shaken up as he walks through the barracks and sees the dead bodies and everything. But it's not until Richard asks if he wants them to go and get his father's body to, you know, bury or burn or whatever, and he just says, no, leave him up there, that you really realize how, like, cold and hard Ben is. Well, and he's been putting up with his dad shit his whole life. Yeah. Absolutely. And it seems like Ben was never really close to anybody aside from his friend Annie. That's right. And we don't see her in the more present day when he's older. We yeah. only see her as she's younger. Well, and before he goes out with his dad, I, I think he looks at the doll that Annie gave him, kind of like longingly, like something happened to her, yeah. or she's left and he had no friends. So they mentioned, they alluded to that in the commentary, right? About how we, we don't know what exactly motivated Ben to pull the trigger on the entire initiative. It's one thing to hate your father, but to to kill an entire group like of group people. group of scientists, people ostensibly working toward world peace. I mean... Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> that, that was their mission statement. Yeah. That, yeah, that's right. I mean, how many mission statements do you read in companies and you just sort of laugh? Yeah. But... I did make a note that... Two notes for the end. Uh, it's a good thing that Locke is missing his kidney, for one. <laughs> and the other is that it's less important what Jacob said... The actually important thing is that Locke heard anything at all. And that's what, and Ben heard nothing. That's also important to know. Yeah, Ben didn't hear what Jacob said to to Locke. So the two schools of thought at this point are that Ben could never hear or never see Jacob, and is you know more or less making him up, and Ben is truly the man behind the curtain, or that Jacob can be seen and heard you know, by two different people, but not at the same time, like selectively speaking. And that sort of goes back to 
what Dylan said earlier about the Jedi mind trick thing where, you know, he can be seen if he wants to be seen, be heard if he wants to be heard. So do you think that he was actually talking to Ben before in, in the chair, Derek? Yeah, ask Derek because I know. Yeah. <laughs> From the perspective of season six, I know. Like what, as you're watching this cabin scene, I just thought he, I, through your I thought he was crazy. You thought he was full of shit? Yeah, but just having an imaginary friend? Yeah, but then we, we touched on it earlier, like he wouldn't go through all that trouble to bring Locke out there for something made up like that, just to, you know what I mean? Like, something yeah. so obvious yeah, made up. Yeah, exactly. So, but I was, I was, after we watched, I was wondering how Ben was talking to Jacob in the chair, but he didn't hear what what he said to Locke? Yeah, like you know, it might be a combination of both things that that John suggested. Yeah, he may not be hearing Jacob, while other people can. Yeah, it's like selective yeah. speaking. You know, yeah, like Ben has been passing along messages from Jacob, but he may not have actually ever seen or spoken to him. Yeah, it might have been like a uh, cold drop kind of thing. Yeah, or whatever. Like a called. dead drop. Yeah, that's yeah. The one. Thank you. I gotta get you know back up to speed in my spy game. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> watch 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 more Burn Notice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too busy watching Lost. <laughs> so that's all I have for Man Behind the Curtain. Which is a lot. I mean, we're up at about an hour here now. Yeah. <laughs> so we better get through Greatest Hits quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't have a whole lot for Greatest Hits. Yeah. No, me either. There's not, a, there's not a lot to talk about. It's a really good episode, but it yeah. doesn't leave you with much to discuss. No. I it's, mean, pretty, it's all pretty straightforward. It, it, it really is. is. So the, the first thing that I have written down here is now we know what, why Danielle was getting the dynamite from the black one. That is, yeah. that is literally my first note. <laughs> yeah. Now we know, like verbatim, now we know why Danielle was at the black rock. That is my note. Yeah. Because if I recall correctly, when she told them about the black rock, like back in season one or two, whatever it was, she wouldn't go there. Yeah. With them, she told them where it was, but she didn't want anything to do with it. She didn't yeah, want to because it was in the dark territory. There. That's right. And whatever now, that means. Here we see her pulling these giant crates of. She's clearly over whatever fear what she had. Right, or as we've learned, someone has sort of put them into their employ. Yeah. You know, so she's gonna go and and help out Jack and the boys. She has a reason now. That's right. And that's fucking up the other shit. <laughs> Again, motivated by selfish reasons, yeah. right? Yeah, in season one, it was just about opening the hatch. She didn't give a fuck. Not yeah. one. When, when, it, when it, it's going to result in the death of some others, she's all for it. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I'll kill some others. Yeah, and rightfully so. And so we find out now that Juliet is sort of planning her own coup d'etat against Ben. Yeah. Which is nice. So she's yeah. going to help Jack and the guys wipe out a lot of... You know, the more violent or the more well-trained, you know, other characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah the more higher-ranking, effective others. Yeah. The hunters, not the farmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cindy and Amelia are probably not going on this mission. Probably not. <laughs> They're taking care of the kids. You know, more domestic approach, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, uh, I made a note that there's... I'm. Sure, Charlie cannot hold his breath for four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I could have sworn in season, like, one or two, he claimed that he could not swim. Like, uh, we, we've, we've talked about this before. Yeah. I, uh, the line is, I don't swim. Oh. Oh, you know what? I think maybe you mentioned that, actually. Yeah, it might, it might have come it up might since have you come joined up. us. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, he can swim. 
He's just not as good as he tells Jack he is. Right. He was not like Manchester's swim no, champion or whatever. Yeah. Definitely not. And there's not much swimming really involved. It's sinking really. Yeah. So I'm sure he's great at that. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, it's a good thing that the station wasn't flooded because he just barely made yeah, it in there. Did, yeah. If 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 it had been flooded, he would have died way before he got to the button. Yeah. Instantly. Uh, this is the first that Jin finds out that son is pregnant. Is it? Yeah, because he finds out he kind he overhears when they're talking about it, because he had, he hadn't been told yet. Really? Because son son didn't know whether it was his or not. Oh, so she didn't want to tell him. No, and now she's kind of she hesitantly told him because it came out. Oh. Because he's half yeah, understood thought, what was being said. I thought for said. sure that she told him before, but I get it. And I've just been me recalling the last three times I've seen the damn series. I, I, I'm pretty sure the conversation they were having, I was like furiously taking notes. No, fair but I'm enough, pretty fair sure enough. that she was that she was explaining what was happening. Well, regardless, Jin's pretty stoked. You know, he's got a, a healthy baby on the way. Yeah, he just doesn't know, know that, the full consequences. He of, doesn't yeah. know that <laughs> son's days are numbered. <laughs> yeah. He does not realize that all the pregnant women die. So he does find that out. I think shortly though. Yeah. Someone tell him, and then he's more motivated to get the hell off the island, right? Or at least get her off the island. Yeah, correct. Which will be a whole plot in season four. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, I like uh, I like the crowd's reaction when Carl just hands over his gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Carl so he pulls, pulls it out. He just pulls it out. They're like, whoa! Yeah. He's like, you're going to need this. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought that was a nice like, a nice way to lighten the tension in that, yeah. in that scene. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, in terms of the drive shaft stuff... Yeah, I made a note that uh, Liam isn't always a douchebag. No. He can be halfway decent sometimes. Even though he admittedly is on tons of drugs. Yeah. yeah. And Char- uh, Charlie had not yet gotten addicted to, to heroin. Right. Yeah. He's clean. He, Liam refers to him as the only... Sober rock musician or something. Yeah, like that. only clean one or something yeah, like clean, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think Charlie's still you know drinking vodka or something. Yeah, he's the first thing in the morning. morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just not a heroin addict yet. Which is a like giant rock star move. Yeah, to wake up next to two women, roll out of bed, and grab a glass <laughs> of vodka. <laughs> like probably at the crack of noon too. Yeah, yeah like, if that. Right on, buddy. Yeah. Right on. <clears throat> um. Do we ever find out who Dexter Stratton is? He was their grandfather or something? Yeah, I know, but like, is anything else? A musician else or something. You know. like, he was a famous musician in the... Yeah, that's it? As far as I know, yeah. Oh, okay, I was wondering if there's any other, like, lore. I mean, okay, I just I'll just... Curious. I'll do, I'll do a quick look up here. Quick Lostpedia thing? Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Or just Google him and see if maybe he's a real person. Yeah, fair enough. Because, yeah, it's sort of a throwaway line, but, like, they, you know, they give him a proper name so yeah. I don't know maybe uh, there's something more there I figured Dylan would be the person to ask but <laughs> it just says he's the paternal grandfather that's it eh yeah well so nothing else Charlie told Shannon that his grandfather in England had tur- taught him how to fish uh yeah no doesn't really say what he did okay fair enough well we can cut that whole section out of this yeah <laughs> save, save two minutes on the overall time <laughs> so that's that mystery solved yeah, yeah. <laughs> So episode 21, I mean, it's pretty heartfelt. Charlie-centric, yeah. right? You know, he's going through some of his more fond memories yeah. as he knows that his imminent death is rapidly approaching. Going to be the hero. 
Yeah, whereas Man Behind the Curtain was a big mythology episode, this one's more character focused. Yeah. It's, it's all about Charlie and his list. Absolutely. His greatest hits. Gave yeah. me the feels, man. Mad feels. Yeah, that, that first one where he he flashes back to first meeting Claire, that one got me. Yeah. Like, that's his number one memory is his meeting Claire. One. That makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. yeah. Pretty smooth, pretty smooth. Um, the beginning of the episode, Desmond tells Charlie the circumstances under which he's going to die. Normally, you know, they would do everything in their power to try to cheat death and save Charlie, but, you know, because specifically he says, you know, he saw Claire getting onto a helicopter and being rescued... With Aaron. With Aaron. Now, Charlie has a reason to die. It's a noble sacrifice. It is, and he's okay making it, which makes this whole, like, build-up towards this finale here like that much more heartbreaking really and it also shows that how much charlie has grown yeah from season one because like you like you said he wouldn't even go swimming to try and save that woman in season one in this in this episode he's perfectly willing to to die if it means saving claire so what was desmond's motive for wanting to take his place when they're in the boat. That is what I wrote down here. I said... Because like, he told him earlier that this, he had to die for her to get rescued. And then he decided that he was going to go in. I feel like Desmond just, like... It's like going back to when they found Naomi and he assumed that it was Penny changed into Naomi. Yeah. It's... He, he, wants, thing, he wants it to happen. Yeah. He wants the result to happen, but at the same time, he doesn't want it... He doesn't. He feels responsible for Charlie's death if, if he doesn't act. Yeah. You know, and that's fair. I mean, if you had the power to predict someone's imminent death, you also have the power to save them. Yeah. It's. I think it would be tough from like an ethical point of view to just let it happen. Yeah. It's like the Spider-Man thing with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. yeah. If if you know someone is going to die and you have the power to stop them, stop like, it. Yeah. And you do nothing. Are you therefore responsible for that death? You sort of are. Which is, I think, what Desmond is struggling with. That's why he knocks Charlie out. No, Charlie knocks him out. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Why, why he was going to go instead of Charlie. That's yeah. right, that's right. I also think it was just the writers wanting to fuck with us, you yeah. know, because we're so worried about Charlie. We don't want him to die. And as soon as Desmond offers that up, you feel like a little bit of relief, like, oh, you know what? Des might go do this, but... You know, because Des didn't see himself dying, like maybe he'll be all right. Yeah. Maybe they'll both. Yeah, maybe be I'm luckier than you. Is the line, is Desmond's actual line? That's that's right. And then Charlie knocks him out, and you go, uh oh. Yeah, but no matter what Desmond does, like with the timeline, like Charlie has to die, right? Charlie's death will keep popping up. Charlie will keep being threatened by death. Yeah. As long as Desmond keeps saving him. Yeah. Because. Uh, certain things happen. Like there has to be a certain outcome, right? Yeah, it's like it's like what Miss Hawking told them when when she was when they were sitting on the bench there, and dude gets killed by the bricks that fall on him. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I could have. I knew it was going to happen. I could have saved him, but he would have just died some other way. Yeah. But I think that I feel like saving Charlie is important to the timeline up until this point. Okay. That Charlie had to survive this long at least in order for events to play out the way they will yeah. for the rest of the series. Fair enough, yeah. Because his other times Desmond has seen his death 
it hasn't really been for any benefit. He's just sort of always died. Yeah, yeah it seems inconsequential. It yeah. really does, and that is the word I probably was looking for. But now that there's so much on the line, right? Yeah. We have like this potential rescue. Yeah, like it, we know that saving Charlie that time did not change the parachutist from yeah. Penny into Naomi because that doesn't make any logical sense. No, yeah. and that was Desmond assuming. Like that's yeah. his assumption that it was Naomi. It was never confirmed that it was that it was ever going to be Penny. Yeah. 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 Sorry, that's. It was what just I was an assumption say. he made. Yeah. It's okay. We're talking. We're throwing out a lot of names. A here. lot yeah, of names. There are a lot of characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to throw out a, a name by mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Second time I've done it this episode, though. It's I gotta smarten up here. Yeah. Well, we've got the two hours to record, so. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting that Desmond was still going to take his place. At, at the risk of everyone getting rescued or at least well I, I feel like it's because Charlie has the woman that he loves yeah Desmond may or may not be reuni- reunited with the woman that he loves so he's he's willing to sacrifice himself for the chance that he might meet his woman for Charlie who's already with his woman and that was a fair point actually because I mean the relationship between Desmond and Penny has been stressed so much recently you know, that, like, these two are madly in love. But you have to remember that Desmond... Because they like, did not part on good terms. No, Desmond sailed away and hasn't seen Penny in three years. Yeah. And, like, yeah, he longs for her big time, but, uh, I mean, I it's sort of confirmed that she longs for him as well if she sent this, you know, boat and search team out for him. But up until this point, I mean, she could have moved on and gotten married to some other guy yeah, by yeah. now. And, like, realistically, that's probably what would have happened. Yeah. But when... You know, they're discussing about, you know, what about Desmond? What about Penny? And then he, Desmond says, like, what about you and Claire? Like, that's sort of profound because that relationship hasn't been emphasized as much, like, recently, I feel like. Yeah, it's not the focus that it was in season one and two. No. Where, it's where, yeah. where Charlie's entire episode center around him and Claire. Yeah. But it's equally important. Like, why is one relationship more important than the other? It's not. They're really should be on the same level. And it's weird because this this highlights Desmond as actually being selfless. Yeah. Because he's willing to sacrifice his life for yeah. no other purpose except that Charlie stays with Claire. Which is pretty noble. And I yeah, I think that's pretty fantastic of Desmond's character to do that. I think it's even more fantastic that Charlie gives him a whack and yeah. well, it doesn't, let, yeah. doesn't let him sacrifice himself. Yeah. yeah. And who's to say that Desmond. Desmond went down there and turned the flipped the switch and ended up drowning and dying himself. Like tomorrow, Charlie could wake up and be hit by a stray arrow again. Yeah, you know? yeah, and like, like yeah, that he, means that no one's there to save Charlie. In the yeah, future. so is he going to be doomed anyway? Yeah. So but again, it comes down to like, is death actually coming for him, or is this is Desmond saving him part of the string of oh, events that yeah. it's supposed to be? Right. Another great plot device, like the ghosts like yeah. you know leading the characters to where they're supposed to and be at the this point place. us like the characters we don't know we don't know what's fate and what's coincidence like what's happening because it has to happen <laughs> and what's just happening yeah so like the characters like like in real life if time travel's possible we don't know what model of the universe we're living in right no we don't know if there's a flexible timeline we don't know if it's like Maybe it's Doctor Who style where some things are flexible, some things aren't. Or if it's like Terminator and and Bill and Ted where what happens is what always happened. We would not know until we actually tried time travel and changed something. 
That's right. We'd have to be trial and error. Yeah, exactly. To confirm. And because they've never done that... They don't know. They don't know. And because we've never seen them do that, we don't really know as the audience. Right. So at this point, it's all just speculation. It's all up in the air, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've told, we've, told, we've told you now that it's, it is a consistent timeline. Nothing, nothing can change. What's going to happen is going to happen no matter what That's happens right. leading up to that. Yeah, and when we do get into time travel, like the series of events that we've seen yeah. can never happen differently than what we've seen. Okay. So the timeline is, is immutable. Like, I feel like it's important to understand that for when we do eventually get into time travel. It definitely makes a lot more sense in the coming seasons. You're able to put things together a lot quicker if you just accept the rules that are laid down. Now. Yeah, if you're, if you're not considering alternate uh, like alternate series of events that could occur. Yeah, alternate theories. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier to follow, especially in your first watch yeah. through. So it's not like a Back to the Future no. time travel where... Where if you change something, yeah. things are fucked. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not like that okay. at all. Yeah, Kate doesn't just disappear. (laughs) No one fades from existence because of time travel. (laughs) Uh, The saddest thing for me was that... Don't say that word. Charlie left his ring in the the crib. Yeah. And that, as far as I recall, it will never be found. He left that for, for Aaron... To like kind of like pass along the legacy yeah. of, of the, the DS ring, but that's going to be lost on the beach forever, and it's kind of yeah. sad. It is kind of yeah. sad. That legacy is dead. I mean, I actually sort of I thought it was pretty heartwarming that he like left it there for Aaron. But yeah, you're right. These yeah. guys are all packing up and leaving. Yeah, and it's there in the. You crib. get the shot. You get the shot of the ring sitting in the crib yeah. as they're as they're all leaving leaving, and it's never going to be found. It's kind of. not want to give it to her because he didn't want her to worry. Yeah, him. well, he, that's what he said. When I'm, when I'm yeah. gone on my little mission there, don't worry about me. Yeah. She's like, okay, so he leaves the ring in Aaron's crib, thinking, you know, she'll find it yeah. when she picks him up, but she doesn't even see it, yeah. which is very sad. Yeah. It is sad. I'm sure there's more to be said about that. Yeah, it was a good episode. Very emotional. Yeah, and the finale is going to be doubly so. <laughs> so is that it? Should we... Uh, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about this. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll be... I'll be releasing this one a week before the the finale episode, so I'm going to give us, like, space it out a bit. Yeah, that's fair. That's good. So that's it for the finale. I think we're good to, to go for, for this recording. All right. This is episode 54. Signing 54, off. 55 coming up in a couple hours. Yeah. After dinner. Cheers. Cheers. Ciao. This has been Welcome to Planet Bob. If you know any shows or movies you think we should discuss, find me on Twitter, at King of Bob. That's at... King underscore of underscore Bob. And Derek, you can find me at Lars M on Twitter, L-A-R-Z-M. And this is Sarah. I'm on Tumblr at Welcome to Planet Bob. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Welcome to Planet Bob. Thanks for listening to our show, and we hope you tune in next week.